Welcome to the Healthy Tips Podcast, produced by the Better Living Institute and sponsored by AppJudo for your software needs, BulletPad for writing lists on your iPad, and also sponsored by our listeners. That's folks like you. We're Kara and Bill Van Ittersom, and welcome to today's show. Today's podcast is entitled Deep Breathing for Life. Hello, everyone. Well, it's one of those things that we all do and continue to do the whole length of time we're alive. It's like I tell my grandchildren, you have to eat every day and you have to breathe every minute or you're not alive. (laughs) So (laughs) breath is one of those things that we need to be alive. Now, an interesting tidbit here, or as an aside, I wanted to get the definition of what breath really is. Breath really creates inspiration. I kind of like this because inspiration has a couple of different meanings. The first one, inspiration means the act of drawing in specifically drawing air into the lungs, breathing. (laughs) (laughs) There's another meaning. It also means a divine influence or action on a person believed to qualify him or her to receive and communicate sacred revelation. So that's pretty amazing. Can you breathe in God and God's spirit just from the act of breathing? And can you then turn that into creative energy? It's really kind of biblical in a way because, in fact, this is what some people believe is when life begins when you begin breathing. I think very definitely it has a way of connecting us to something higher than what we normally think of ourselves as. And it's pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) When you have have the experience of it, you know. Well, just try to hold your breath and see how long you get. Or imagine what it was like when you were underwater and you couldn't get the breath you wanted and you started getting scared and how desperately you wanted to get breath into your lungs. That's a pretty good indication. We have a good friend who says that when she's going through difficult life challenges, she'll often say the words, I am breathing. It's kind of her way of taking control, returning to her center being fully present in what she calls soul awareness or higher perspective. It's also telling us that she knows she's more than her small I self. She's connected to something higher and she's okay. And she says it to us this way because she knows that we get it. (laughs) (laughs) We get it. Well, your breath is not only affected by your life experiences, but you can use it to deal with life experiences as well. So what do I mean by that? Well, when you're anxious, when you're stressed, your breathing will change. And this changes automatically through your subconscious mind. However, if you began studying breathing, you can then turn it around so that you can affect whether you're stressed or not. You can affect whether you react to hard or unpleasant or even dangerous circumstances. Right. Becomes a tool that you can use. It does become a tool. (laughs) And it doesn't take very long to learn how to make it a tool. Actually, you can learn it in an afternoon if you wish. One of the things you can do is to lie down in an easy pose or position and then begin breathing out in an exaggerated way. (gasps) You know, almost like you're short of breath or that you need having this extra oxygen because you're running or scared or something. And then 
relax and pay attention to what happens in your body. Feel how your muscles are moved and stretched, especially your abdominal muscles and your chest muscles. Feel how your breath supports your inner organs. And you might have to do a little bit of imagining meditation to make that happen for you. Feel the way that the body feels massaged from the inside out by just drawing in the breath and releasing the breath and drawing it in and releasing it. And especially, how was it different when you were doing it in a very exaggerated in and out way? And of course, many women who've had children and have given birth know that the breath is a very useful tool in that circumstance as well, because the breath can really calm you down and keep your focus on something other than something that is distressing. Right. Well, as you feel the air moving in and out in a rhythmic motion, you may notice several different things, especially if you're still in this relaxed, easy pose position. Conditions that are existing at a present moment in your body begin to make themselves known, and perhaps even some pains or discomfort will either pop up or they actually may slowly dissipate, go away. Right. And as you keep breathing, then you begin to notice this heightened sense of well-being and maybe a reduction of tension. You begin to relax, feel calmness and peace. Yes, definitely, and leading to a deep relaxation. So that's all part of the skills, learning how to make breath a tool. So the thing we want to point out here is just to notice that breathing is much more than bringing oxygen to your cells and exhaling the combustion byproducts and the toxins from your body as you're breathing. Your breathing is a lot more than that. It definitely has a connection, a major connection, really, to your life force. So your breathing touches every aspect of your internal self, and it gently opens you up from your top to your bottom. Breath is used very often in relaxation exercises for that reason. It's saturating tissues everywhere in your body, swirling through your lungs and your belly and your back and your organs and all of your extremities nourishing and filling your brain with this quiet alertness. It's just a renewing sense of energy. There's really nowhere in your body that the oxygen dissolved in your bloodstream doesn't go. Your oxygen goes everywhere, nourishes every single cell. Because it is so automatic, it is literally amazing that we give so little attention to it. Very few people I know have said, gee, I'm grateful for my breath today. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But again, if you're in the water and you can't get a breath because you're under the water, you begin to feel very connected to your breath. Because it is, as you say, so automatic, we do tend to forget that breathing is the miracle of life. Without it, we cannot live. And it's such a quick thing to occur. When your breathing is impaired or stopped for any reason, you know immediately that that's an emergency. Right, (laughs) exactly. But but as you say, we don't stop to appreciate it all the time because it's so automatic. So part of that learning breath as a tool, you want to come into a place where you feel and appreciate your breath as a major support to your being. And you want to be very grateful for your breath and actually send grateful thoughts to your lungs and to your breath and to the air that's available free for us to breathe in and breathe out. Be mindful 
just as if the air is a fine glass of wine, take it in with delight and relish how it moves through your body. These are all wonderful things to get you reconnected to this tool and to begin to use it as a tool. You're appreciating it as a tool. Right. It's very important. And we can feel its effects. We feel as it connects us with the very moment of living that we're in at any given time. We all need to be aware of it and be mindful that it's truly a blessing. It surely is a blessing. Now, we need to take a quick break to thank a sponsor. And when we come back, we're going to talk about several different ways of breathing. And this also helps for you to make breathing a tool that you can use rather than something that uses you. So we'll be back in a sec. Time to thank one of our sponsors. Today's show is sponsored by BulletPad, the fun and intuitive app for writing outlines and organizing your thoughts on your iPad. With BulletPad, you can quickly create a hierarchical list of bullet points, giving structure to your great ideas. BulletPad is an outstanding tool for writers, thinkers, and folks like you. Begin organizing today. Get BulletPad for free. Just go to the App Store on your iPad and search for BulletPad. And we're back. Now, there really are many ways of breathing. You can just breathe naturally. Or you can count as you're breathing, or you can force all of the air out and just sit and wait as the inhale naturally occurs and begins filling your lungs again. Does that remind you of the doctor's office? Breathe out, breathe out, breathe <laughs> out. Those are usually the places where I breathe all the way out. Right. Well, many of us get tense when we're at the doctor's office. You can also breathe to the beat of robust music while flinging your arms to open up your chest. That would be a totally different kind of breathing where you're just kind of enjoying yourself, really filling your lungs up, then breathing the air back out, but just doing it to the beat of the music. And you're certainly adding so much energy to your body and your mental processes in that exercise. So it's a wonderful thing. In contrast to that kind of breathing, you could also just sit calmly with your hands resting in your lap, serenely paying attention to each gentle breath as it moves in and out. You can breathe through your mouth or you can breathe through your nose. And one of the things that the Eastern philosophies like to work with, especially during meditation, is to alternately breathe through your left nostril and then through your right nostril and then back to your left nostril, and so on. Eventually, you can get this done without even having to push your finger on one or the other nostrils. Try it, and you'll see. At first, you don't believe it. At first, I didn't believe it. But then after some trials and a few different opportunities to give it a try, I discovered that, yep, I could. Of course, unless my sinuses were blocked. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Nothing to worry about, but this is a way that some of the Eastern philosophies use to balance the brain, and yoga exercises often use this kind of thing. The bottom line is that your body knows how to breathe. It knows how to breathe in every circumstance. For example, when you're angry, scared, or tense, your body becomes really constricted, and you may feel the need to yawn, or you may take a deep burst of air in and then release a long, drawn-out sigh as your breath is regulating your need for oxygen and your need to calm down. Now, certainly in a situation where, as people would say, you're very hyper, 
or you're in a dangerous situation or in an accident situation and your breathing is speeded up because you're in this highly stressed condition, you will tend at that point to over-oxygenate so that you'll actually have to start calming down because your body will want to reduce the amount of oxygen that's going into your bloodstream. I'm sure you've probably seen this on movies where people are breathing into a paper bag. And this is part of that calming down process because they're hyperventilating. They're just breathing way too fast and they need to slow down. So it just is a technique to make them more mindful of how they're breathing. Being mindful of your breathing can actually begin to teach you what the body needs in terms of what kind of breathing you need in any given moment. The more you pay attention to the way you're breathing in any given circumstance, the better off you'll be. Hence, our friend breathes with great intention to nurture herself when she's upset. You can learn to do that. You can learn to use your breath as a technique for nurturing yourself. And what she's really doing is learning to calm her body from the inside out when pressures from the outside in want to engage her emotions and engage her anger and engage her hurt and engage all the other emotions which would tend to bring her off center. So she can be calm in a crisis just by working with her breathing, just by helping to control her breathing and being intentional in the way that she's letting the muscles actually work. When you give over to the emotions, the muscles are all being triggered by your subconscious. You do not have a conscious control of them. But when you take conscious control away from the subconscious, you can actually alternate how wildly your body is fluctuating. So basically, you're doing the paper bag trick all on your own. Yeah, and it works just as effectively, just as it does when we're having a child using those special breathing exercises that we all get in the pre-birthing sessions. Well, we need to take one more quick break to thank another sponsor. But when we come back, we're going to talk about a study from the Harvard Medical School that talked about this major relaxing technique and what exactly you can get from it. So we'll be right back. Also sponsoring our show today is AppJudo, your complete web and mobile application development service. AppJudo uses the best technologies and computer science principles to build attractive and intuitive user interfaces that your customers will easily understand and love to use. Whether you want to design and build a new app or refactor and redesign an existing app, AppJudo can help make your project a success. Visit AppJudo today at www.appjudo.com. And we're back. Now, Bill, you mentioned you were going to tell us about a study from Harvard Medical School. Well, Kara, this is really quite interesting. So Harvard Medical School conducted a study, and they found that when their subjects were closing their eyes and relaxing and enjoying, actually intentionally enjoying their breathing, that they would enter a state of deep relaxation that actually was much deeper than sleep. And they could do it a lot quicker than when you first go to sleep. So in this state, oftentimes called meditation in other practices, the oxygen requirements of the subject would drop by 12 to 17% in roughly three to five minutes. Now, this is compared to during sleep when your oxygen requirement will drop by 8%, so not 12 to 17%. And this takes several hours for this to be accomplished. 
So it was quite an amazing finding. That is amazing. When you think about it, if you're just doing this kind of a practice every day, you can enhance your health. That's really why a lot of people do meditate every day. It really does change the way that their day goes. Well, certainly if your body is in a position where it's using less oxygen because it doesn't need more, you're conserving on your energy, you're kind of building up this extra reserve that you can use during the day, and you're building this calmness, which will carry out into other situations. Something happens on the road that normally would have caught your ire and got you really steamed up, maybe like even into road rage. Well, maybe that won't occur now. That same incident may occur, but you won't get hooked into it quite so readily. Right. I think practicing self-control in any capacity is really great. That's a really interesting study to think about the fact that during sleep, you're pretty darn relaxed. And when you think about the fact that even during sleep, your oxygen requirement was dropped by only 8% as compared to, in meditation, 12 to 17%. And it actually takes several hours for that to occur while you're sleeping, rather than just a few minutes when you're meditating. That's pretty amazing. It is amazing, Kara. It is. It's a great story. It's a very effective anti-stress technique, as we're trying to point out. And deep rhythmic breathing will stabilize your heart rhythm. It will help lower your blood pressure. And it certainly reduces your stress hormones. So adrenaline goes down and many of the other stress hormones go down. So it's just good all the way around for your body and muscles. Absolutely. So if you want to talk about pleasure breathing, which is what the study at the Harvard Medical School involved, you want to do breathing while you're experiencing some kind of pleasure. This could be breathing in fragrances that you enjoy. This would be like aromatherapy. Absolutely. Or you could imagine yourself walking along a beach or in a meadow or perhaps on a street that's lined with trees or a path that's lined with trees, something in nature that's calming and serene. You want to spend time in your imagination with a person or a pet that you love while you're laying back and doing this rhythmic breathing. Certainly, you can put on a piece of special music to help calm you while you're doing your imagining as well. You could also imagine yourself doing something that you really enjoy doing, like, for example, it could be cooking. Or it could be riding a horse or a motorcycle. Could be painting a picture, something that you really relate to that you love to do. And also, you can imagine what it was like when you were floating in a warm pool of water, possibly even a bath water for those of you that don't swim. Flying or floating over a beautiful landscape is also a wonderful imagination. You mean like a hot air balloon explosion? <laughs> that could be great. And certainly it wouldn't cost you $375 for the trip. That's true. So the idea is to do something with your imagination that's pleasurable while you're breathing. Pleasure breathing does tend to make you aware of the present moment, and it gives you an edge in acting from the same kind of momentary awareness as you're moving throughout your day. And as Bill said, when you're on the road and you're driving, you're more aware of what's happening in your moment. You're more in control. Well, it does heighten your understanding of what your life is and what it's about. 
And it can certainly emphasize your sense of connectedness to life and life experience. Absolutely. That's how it works for me. So though we do often take our breath for granted, it really is an amazing area of study. I think it has a lot of really what I call satisfying applications to our overall health and also our sense of well-being. Absolutely, Kira. This was really a lovely podcast, and I so enjoyed working on this deep breathing for life. I think it's so important. It is, and as you say, it's something we often take for granted. I hope people enjoyed it, and it is really useful. Bill and I use this technique often. So before we leave, we do want to say to the audience that we're not healthcare providers. Nothing we say here should be misconstrued as medical advice. It's not meant to treat, diagnose, or prescribe anything. Everything that we share here is our own opinions. It's based on our own personal research and our experimentation. We always encourage you to do some of the same. That's our show for today. Bill and I want to thank you for listening to the Healthy Tips Podcast. To subscribe to our show, go to iTunes Podcast and look for Better Living Institute, the Healthy Tips Podcast. There you'll also find all the podcasts produced by the Better Living Institute the Book Talk Podcast, the Love Stories Podcast, the Happy Kids Podcast, the Happiness Experience Podcast, and today's podcast, the Healthy Tips Podcast. At the Better Living Institute, we're creating health, wealth, and happiness, one loving conversation at a time. You can also find our podcast and view all of the great stories, photos, and links that we post by visiting our website at www.betterlivinginstitute.com. While there, please go to our contact page and leave us a comment. Kira and I encourage you to send us some feedback and also let us know if you have an interest in a specific health topic. You can also like and message us on Facebook. Just go to www.facebook.com forward slash Better Living Institute. In addition, our email address is feedback at betterlivinginstitute.com. We hope you'll listen again next time and remember to share our show with your friends and family. This is Kieran Bill Van Ittersom for the Better Living Institute saying so long for now, everyone. <laughs>